Hey, this is Jonathan, and this podcast is about nifiracetam, which is a gabergic racetam, and another racetam that is hailing from the land of the rising sun, which is Japan. It's a millennial smart drug, so to speak, being under 20 years old and was developed by Daiichi Pharmaceutical in Tokyo. A scion of paracetam, although it's structurally most similar to aniracetam. The majority of the over 20 articles of human research on PubMed that are published are relatively recent and were done within the past 20 years. On cognition, a Japanese study named it as a cognitive enhancer. Nifiracetam is a novel prilidite type nootropic agent, and it has been reported to possess various pharmacologic effects as well as cognition enhancing effects. One meticulous Swedish biohacker reported quite hyperbolically about its effect on cognition. From my first dose, I knew nifiracetam was a wonder drug. I would take it in a capsule and minutes later my senses would light up almost as if I was waking up from a perpetual semi-conscious state. I simply felt very awake, aware, and present, which was just the right state for me to be productive. It precisely counteracted the effects of the ADHD inattentiveness. Another user found that three to 500 milligrams daily was the sweet spot for trading ADHD. An upside for me was that it had no effect on my emotions or mood. It gave me a very calm and focused state of mind. The effects seemed to be immediate rather than having to wait days for the loading phase that accompanies many of the other racetams. I say it was effective for my ADD, not because it necessarily motivated me to accomplish tasks, but because it removed the appeal of distractions, even involuntary eye movements, aka scanning a page while reading or typing, stopped on their own. When a distracting thought would come to mind, it didn't carry the same compulsory appeal that it usually does. I literally chose to continue what I was doing. It was effortless focus, not driven or intense, but clear and calm on memory. Similar to paracetam, it's likely a long-term memory biohack, particularly for relearning a previously learned task from an animal study out of Philadelphia. Significant relearning was observed in 10 milligram per kilogram nefaracetam group one and five weeks after initial acquisition. The effect of nefaracetam upon the ability of older rabbits to relearn a previously learned task is apparent up to five weeks after drug administration. Under normal conditions, a drug is administered continuously. In this experiment, nefaracetam had a significant effect long after 
Drug Administration has ceased. The studies suggest that its effect on memory does not occur until after seven days of dosing. So don't expect an effect after just a few days of using it. So perhaps that long-term memory effect is kind of accelerated version of what paracetam offers. It may be something of a neuroplasticity biohack as well from a 2006 University College Dublin study. Nefirazotam and drugs that augment cholinergic function increases the basal frequency of dentinate polyciliated neurons in a manner similar to the enhanced neuroplasticity achieved through complex environment rearing. While both drug-treated and complex environment-reared animals continue to exhibit memory-associated activation of hippocampal polyciliated neurons, the magnitude is significantly reduced, suggesting that such interventions induce a more robust memory pathway that can acquire and consolidate new information more efficiently. This hypothesis is supported by our findings of improved learning behavior and enhanced resistance to cholinergic deficits seen following either intervention. Furthermore, the level of enhancement of basal neuroplastic status achieved by either drug or environmental intervention correlates directly with improved spatial learning versus stroke-induced apathy. So, perhaps you're feeling apathetic about life. 900 milligrams of nefirazotam a day for four weeks may restore a sense of meaning for you. From a 2009 Iowa study of 137 patients, nefirazotam is a novel paralleldone type nootropic compound shown in preliminary trials to increase blood flow and improve patient outlook and energy following stroke. From the Iowa study, patients taking 900 milligrams of nefirazotam had a significant greater change in apathy scale scores compared to 600 milligrams of nefirazotam or placebo. So 900 milligrams is the sweet spot. From a follow-up study from the same university the next year that clarified that post-stroke there is about a 25% chance of apathy setting in. Apathy is a frequent neuropsychiatric complication of stroke that, although often associated with depression and cognitive impairment, may occur independently of both. Its presence has been consistently associated with greater functional decline. It suggested these nootropics as an option. Cholinerasterase inhibitors and nefirazotam may significantly reduce apathetic symptoms. However, their efficacy was examined in relatively small clinical trials that require replication on depression. Now, in the Iowa study mentioned above, it did help those suffering from post-stroke depression with apathy, but it would seem that for otherwise healthy people, it has the contrary effect. More than a handful of people reported that it caused them a bit of episodic depression. 
one of the most prolific anonymous biohackers, science guy, reported side effects experienced increased anxiety, sexual side effects, reduced libido, reduced seminal volume, sleep disruption, irritability, mood disruption, depression, loss of self-confidence, and a motivation. Science guy, always on top of things. I, I did not, not even know that a motivation is a word. And you know he's a science guy because he, he, he's quantifying his, his seminal volume. Maybe, maybe I should start doing that and I'll, uh, I'll release uh, weekly, monthly biohacker reports. Just kidding. Moving on. This is why it's important to research anecdotal biohackers' experiences along with the human studies. You cannot always extrapolate what a drug will do for healthy people based upon what it does for sick people. That's especially important, so I'm going to repeat it. You cannot always extrapolate what a drug will do for healthy people based upon what it does for sick people. Some drugs like paracetam imbue the kind of benefit to healthy people that you would expect them to based upon what they do combating cognitive decline. But then there's drugs like nefiracetam that merely bring sick people back up to baseline and it's a little bit unpredictable what they're going to do for healthy people. This is why anecdotal reports matter and why I take the time to read as many of them as I can before I reach my conclusions. I always have got at least uh, 10 hours of research put into these reports that I publish, sometimes a lot more. Verse schizophrenia. At least a couple of users have reported that it relieves symptoms of schizophrenia, but they have come right back after the dose wears off and over time, nefiracetam tolerance increases. So it's not much of a sustainable solution for schizophrenia, but perhaps a good idea to keep a little bit of nefiracetam around just in case for episodic use. I was talking to a client the other day who actually uh, suffered from schizophrenia, and he was telling me about some of these, these attacks that, that come on and how they can really be quite jarring and a lot of these anecdotal reports are indicating that nefiracetam is pretty fast acting. Some people are saying even within like a couple of minutes, which is, that's pretty hard for me to believe. But, you know, if, if you're dealing with schizophrenia, you, you want to have a full array of pharmacological weapons to fight back at it. So it may be worthwhile picking up nefiracetam for that purpose alone. Moving on, mechanism of action. Another Iowa study named its mechanism as having to do with delivering more blood to the brain. Nefiracetam, a gamma aminobutyric compound, enhanced blood flow and improved mood following stroke. Like many nootropics that have a vasodilation effect, it's probably not a good idea to drink on it as you'll likely get intoxicated faster. A study out of Chicago focusing on Alzheimer's highlights its mechanism of enhancing acetylcholine currents. 
for our bodies and minds to function, acetylcholine has to travel through our bodies from one extremity to another at tremendous velocity. From the study, nifuracetam has shown to potentiate ACH currents in the alpha-4 beta-2 receptor of rat cortical neurons with a bell-shaped dose response relationship. Nifuracetam also potentiated NMDA currents with the maximum effect at 10 mm via interaction with the glycine binding site of the receptor. This study concluded that it also has a beneficial effect on the receptor sites that may result in the kind of performance enhancing effect that biohackers will be interested in. Quote, Nefiracetam potentiates the activity not only of the cholinergic system, but also of the NMDA system, thereby stimulating the down-regulating NACH receptors and NMDA receptors to improve patients' learning, cognition, and memory. So that's a good sign, but no guarantee that it will help otherwise helpful, otherwise healthy people. Moving on, agobergic racetam from a Northwestern University paper. Nefiracetam induced transient potentiation and acceleration of desensitization of GABA-induced currents may involve other pathways. The nefiracetam modulation of the GABA-A receptor function will result in a nootropic effect on the central nervous system and through modification of synaptic transmission. GABA-A is referring to its interaction with the GABA-A receptor. It is a GABA receptor agonist, so there's some addiction concern with it like other GABAergics, which would be like phenibute, benzos, alcohol, etc. I think those are the top three that people would know about. So it's these type of, this class of drugs is not a good idea for people with addictive, impulsive personality types because over time it desensitizes your GABA receptors and you'll grow dependent on increased doses of it to feel normal. Although it's probably a whole lot less addictive than alcohol or phenibut, but also a whole, it's also going to be a whole lot less fun than, than, than those enablers of a good time. What GABA just can be a real enabler of though is well-being. One biohacker reported, I do occasionally feel scabby. I think that's an English expression. In particular, if I haven't slept well or have had a lot of unrelenting stress in my life. As you said, it completely reverses the madness and irrationality that the states bring about. I have no idea how it does it, but it works like clockwork every time at 100 milligrams, so fairly low dose. It brings a calm rationality to my mind frame, which is not the obsessive and rigid rationality brought about by some stimulates or perverse states of mind, but the grounded common sense rationality of health and well-being. Moving on, hormonal effects. It lowered 
testosterone and raised estrogen in a study on male beagle dogs. However, this was a short-term effect that just occurred within about four hours, the four hours of dosing, and a study has not been conducted to verify a similar effect in humans. So I can't really say it's going to lower your testosterone if you're a guy and raise your estrogen. Obviously, it's very, very undesirable. Uh, in fact, there, there, there's no real reason to think that, but it's kind of another reason to not put this one in your cabinet, in your biohacker bin as a long-term nootropic to be using. Moving on, aesthetics and taste. A couple of biohackers reported the nephrosatem tasted disgusting. It was terrible stuff. I also regretted this decision as soon as I tasted it. Very, very bitter. Some people have said it's not as bad as sulbutiamine, but I beg to differ. Okay, before I go on to my conclusion, I'll mention it has a conflict with glycine and deserine. For the dosage, you're going to want to head over to the webpage you're going to see linked below this podcast, and I will have an updated dosage guide there, although I'll include a couple things. One biohacker reported the sweet spot is 500 milligrams, for, which is great for studying and does not cause any of the negative effects I mentioned above. I feel calm patient, motivated, very calculative, and clear in the head while I stay fully awake without annoying drowsiness I get when I cross the 500 milligram border. So it's a good idea to start with a small dose and work your way up. This is one racetam you do not want to megadose, as people are fond of doing with the racetams. At very high dosages, there is some concern with toxicity, particularly testicular toxicity, was demonstrated in an animal study of dogs. But then again, uh, dogs are uniquely sensitive. Remember what your mom told you about not feeding the dog chocolate. The scientific consensus seems to be that there's not a notable toxicity risk for humans. Moving on to side effects. Galbergics can have undesirable uh, effects, one biohacker reported. I hated nephoracetam. It did make me focused, but I just felt weird. Really numb and slightly depressed. I could feel the gobergic effects and a slight reduction in anxiety, but it made cigarettes taste funny, sort of like Wellbutrin, and made me as numb as I've ever been. For some, it has a very undesirable effect on urinating. First of all, it does mess with your urinary tract. As much as I wanted to ignore it, nephoracetam made me dribble. Shortly after I began dosing, I had a difficult time urinating without having some urine leak into my pants after I finished. And then another person corroborated this. They said, unfortunately, I felt renal discomfort while using it. Pressure, slight pain in the kidney area, and maybe a little bit of semi-blocked ureter pain. So that does not sound 
like like fun does it in conclusion the risk profile of nefirocetam makes it inappropriate for usage as a long-term option for biohackers i'm grasping for any kind of end benefit this offers the safer more established racetams don't do better so for memory you have piracetam for focus you have oxyracetam for enhanced cognition you have paramiracetam for anti-anxiety, you have aniracetam, and for nefiracetam, I say pass on this one. I am in the midst of doing my own biohacker trial of nefiracetam. I'm pretty underwhelmed at this point. I have nothing really positive or negative to report about it, but just go ahead and subscribe to the Limitless Mindset channel or whatever podcast feed you're listening to, and I will surely share my insights into this one with my usual wit and candor. Thanks again for listening to this. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. As always, looking forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, This show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.